This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm here with my lovely, beloved... Wife. Why do I always do that? I've got to be honest. Like, it feels so natural to do the funny wave, but I would never do it in real life ever. It doesn't look natural. Really? It feels so (laughs) 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 natural. Thanks. (laughs) So, anyway, okay, yeah. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, so welcome, welcome. Yes, welcome. And um, you got some house house cleaning, housekeeping for us? (laughs) Hopefully not. Um, Yeah, so guys, right now we have the um, Relationship Revelations questionnaire. Um, It's questions that we've put together that we feel have really allowed us to um, really like get to know each other. And to be honest, we repeat the questions each year because we change and we evolve. So it's always cool to ask the same question and get a different answer. Mm. Um, So we have these questions on um, impacttheory.com and go there right now and you can download it for free. Yes, indeed. Um, And then also, guys, we do answer questions live. Um, So you're more than welcome to email us at connect at impacttheory.com. That's uh, connect at impacttheory.com and submit your questions. You can absolutely stay anonymous. Um, Please um, just state that you want to be anonymous and we absolutely respect it. So, and there you go. There it is. Bam. All right. On to the first question. Without further ado. Let's do it. All right, this question is from Zia. My partner and I are in a rough spot in our relationship and I would really appreciate some help, please. We've been together for two and a half years and have both been developing a growth mindset for the past year. We love each other, but I fear that we are both at breaking point. We've been having extensive arguments that last six hours or more on and off for the last two years that starts from a myriad of things and it's beginning to feel like we can seriously fight over anything and once we start, there's no guarantee that it won't get ugly. For the past four months, I've been feeling increasingly impatient and when we argue, I get um, I get defeatist, catastrophic, catastrophize very quickly and put up an emotional shield so I stop responding to him. He has said that he feels like in this moment I don't care and is feeling seriously anxious about when I might suddenly switch into one of those modes and have, has no way of bringing me back once it happens. This isn't who I feel I am or who I want to be. I'm usually very affectionate and he has said this has made him feel that when I am affectionate to him now, he is skeptical and feels it's just for show. We recently had our first overnight fight and told him, um, and I told him I've been feeling rejected for the past three days. He mentioned breaking up and spent hours saying that I went, I was wrong and let's work on us. He mentioned break up. He mentioned breaking up and I spent hours saying that I was wrong and let's work on us. We eventually agreed that we will try to make it work. I'll be in the dog 
I will be in the doghouse and work to earn back his trust. And if I fail, we will be done. He said he will feel uncomfortable if I touch him and doesn't want to be in my presence and has left our apartment. If you would kindly offer some advice in this, I would be so grateful. Wow. Wow. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack there. Do you want to um, take it section by section? Yeah, I'll just take a general okay. swag at it, and then if I miss something, we can go back. So you and I use the analogy of you can't let dust settle in a relationship because of this very reason. Because right now, they're at the point where they're always just shy of redlining, so they constantly like snap over into just an all out fight. Um, and so they're really going to have to do some emotional spring cleaning. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. But like that's essentially what we have to do. So the reason that we talk about not letting the dust settle is because any one speck of dust is not a problem. So any one, um, you know, they say something, it rubs you a little bit the wrong way. But ah, is it re- am I really going to make a big deal out of that? No, I'm not. I'm going to let it slide. And then I'm going to let the next one slide and the next one slide and the next one. And then all of a sudden you're freaking out over what seems like nothing. But in reality, it's been these little things that have been building, 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 and you haven't taken the time to address them. So that's where, what brought that metaphor to mind of, you know, it, you have to like constantly clean because if you've ever been in a house where, you know, people haven't dusted for years, it's like, it's horrifying. And the moment you go to clean it, it like kicks up this plume of dust. And so every time they go to talk about it now, they have to deal with that first like kick up of the plume where it's, you know, the six hours, it's overnight, it's let's break up because they're just so fucking pissed and they haven't taken the time to address the underlying issue. Now I'm going to guess that we have some, there's probably some collisions of values in here somewhere. There's something where they're arguing about the T. They're at the surface level and they're not getting all the way down to what they value in life and why these things rub them the wrong way and bother them. And they also probably don't have rules and um, what I'll call beliefs and values in the relationship because neither of them are making the other person feel like they're number one. And then they also don't have strategies. Like for instance, if she knows, okay, I tend to get pissed and once I get pissed, I stay pissed, which was my exact problem. But I worked on coming up with strategies that were based on what I was reading about the brain and understanding human behavior. And so I wrote myself the letter. We've talked about this many times. But assume people haven't heard it. Right. So I wrote, so here's the big problem in an argument. The person really does sometimes something that you're justified in being angry about. And the fact that you're justified to be angry is exactly what causes the problem because you're not going to look back on it and be glad you were angry. You, you will always be glad you articulated when something upset you. You'll always be glad when you guys are able to really talk it out and be respectful and hear each other out and lower your defenses and open yourself up. Um, you're always going to be glad you did that. You're never going to deal with something in a calm, rational, compassionate, loving way and be like, I really wish that I just fucking freaked out. No one ever thinks that. <laughs> but every time you freak out, you're going to be like, uh, it's not me. All the things she's saying, like, I don't think of myself like this. I'm actually very affectionate. But you're not getting yourself to that place. And so if you've shown over and over that you're not getting yourself to that place, you need a new strategy. You need a tactic. And this is where 
people think that love is like some mythical thing and it's going to cure all. And if it was really love, I wouldn't have to work at it. That's total bullshit. And dealing with another human, no matter how much love you have for them, no matter how much excitement you have for them. And by the way, relationships are like shifting sands. It's like, it's always moving. What part, what moment in the relationship are we in? Is it that initial sort of hot, intense love, or is this now maturing into something and dealing with those shifting sands of feeling differently about the person? If you're not able to put strategies and things in place to navigate that, you're going to be in trouble. So she needs a strategy. She needs some rules. She needs to identify her values and all of that going into this so that she can say, regardless of whether or not I am justified in being pissed off, who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to act? What is going to make me proud of me? And then making sure that she has tools and techniques and bright lines, quite frankly, rules, um, going into these discussions so that they don't spiral out of control. And That's when you wrote the letter to yourself. Yeah. So thank you to bring it back to that. <laughs> um, so that was my technique was I knew who, who I wanted to be in that moment, which was somebody who was emotionally resilient, meaning I didn't just fly off the handle or get upset that I could in real time change my neurochemistry, not hold on to that I've got some right to be pissed mm -hmm. off as if that was a fun place for me to be and recognize that I believed that you loved me. And if I believed, if I really believed that you loved me, then why not extend you the grace of saying she didn't mean to upset me. Mm. She may have, and I really may have the right to be pissed, but she didn't mean to. So why now am I going to punish her for something she didn't mean to do? And so like when I think about, how, so the letter that I wrote was basically saying, part of the reason that I would get upset with you is that you have motive in wanting me to calm down. So I couldn't trust your actions. So my letter was, hey me, it's me. I have no motive to calm you down other than you've never once looked back on this and thought, I'm so glad I stayed pissed off for six hours. So since you know that, that future is very predictable, let's do things right now that will change your neurochemistry. Because the six hours is basically you're letting the fire burn out and it won't burn forever and eventually it will dissipate and then you see with this totally different mm -hmm. perspective. So the letter was, hey me, it's me. You know she loves you, and you know that if you force yourself to laugh out loud right now, it will change your neurochemistry so much, you'll be able to stop being angry, to open yourself up, to be vulnerable, to explain yourself in a calm way that where you want her to win. All of those feelings are going to flood back. And once you're approaching a discussion from, I want you to win, and you want me to win, which means we both want to really be understood and we want, we want the other person to be understood and that now I'm going to confess where I have gone wrong and you're not going to use it against me and you're going to confess where you've gone wrong and I'm not going to use it against you and both of us are looking for not where the other person went wrong but where like, oh wow, I can actually really see that. So you and I were having a discussion not too long ago and I said, you actually have legitimate grievances. I've been really working a lot. And because I'm working a lot, you're not getting the time and attention that you need right now. And that's legitimate. And if I come at you like, fuck, this is just another thing for me to deal with. Like, give me some slack, like cut me a break. Give me the space I need to fucking get through this then you're going to put your walls up, you're going to be defensive, and we're just going to go at each other. Mm -hmm. But if we both want the other person to win, then I'm going to confess. I actually can see why you would be upset. 
And, but I really do love you and I really do want you to win. So let me explain why we're here. I'm feeling overwhelmed. There's a lot of things coming at me and I want to get to that place where I can, you know, give you what you need. I can deliver on that. I really do want that. And then you're from your perspective doing the same thing. Like, whoa, I actually didn't think of that. I was in my own perspective. Here's my perspective. Here's why I'm feeling this. But it's like there's a generosity of framing, I think is the easiest way to say it, where it's like I'm going to frame where you're at in the most generous way. Like, I bet it's really hard what you're going through. And having you say that... Like once the, if the other person understands, right? Not just like, I don't understand why you're freaking out or why you feel like this. What do you mean? I'm busy. I'm building a business. Like that conversation would have been completely different if that's how you had approached it. Um, but coming to like, I actually understand why you feel like that. But let me, let, let's talk about how, why and why we're here. And maybe even sometimes we may not be able to change it for a few weeks or a month based on like what our life is like. But to be able to have that discussion and have you listen and us be on that same page of like, I understand why you're feeling like this versus like, you're, why are you feeling like this? It's not a, like accusatory. Um, it just allows me to go like, take a deep breath and go, yeah, you know, this is the life we chose. And right now it's a difficult time. We are very busy, but it is needed. And as long as he kind of gets that it is difficult for me, like there's that appreciation behind it that then allows you to go, okay, like I, we can't keep going down this path, but it may take us two or three weeks because of things that we've got going on. And versus if we'd come at it a very different way, you're saying, why are you feeling like that? What are you talking about? My defenses would have gone up immediately. And then I think I would have then been, I wouldn't have been as flexible. I'd been like, okay, but no, things have to change. Like I can kind of know how I would work. But the fact that you approached it like that allowed us to say, okay, well, let's just put together a three week or a month plan on how we're going to evolve into this next stage. Um, Yeah. And if these guys are going to have any hope of getting past it, one, they've got to really want to. And I think they have to be really honest with themselves about, is this the relationship that's worth fighting for? And I think it was, um, oh man, why am I blanking on his name? Michael Gervais, Michael Gervais, he and his wife went through early in their relationship. Mm. Um, he and his wife went through this moment where they, they were about to get divorced. And the therapist asked his wife, is this the relationship you want to fight for? Because some relationship at some point, you're, you're going to have to fight Work and do all the things. Yeah. Right. And so is this the one? Right. And that's when she was like, yeah, this is the one. And so then they, they process through it. It wasn't she didn't have to say like, oh, we're not in a dark place. It was just, do you want to work for it or right. not? And that's what they have to ask themselves because that. it isn't going to be easy. They've got to know this is, this is the one I want to fight for. And if it is, then okay, cool. I'll walk through a couple things that they can do. But if it's not, then it's time to be honest about that yeah. and not waste time because it, they're in this weird dark place now where it sounds like it's starting to damage them both. It's damaging her sense of who she is because she can't stop herself from fighting all the time. Mm. And it's damaging his sense of like safety and security because he doesn't trust her motives. He thinks that she's just putting on a front of affection. He's worried that she's going to like click over. And it's like if she knows that really is true because some part of her knows this is not the person I want to be with, 
then they've got to own that mm. and for each other's sake. And, you know, it's never easy, but far better to move on and begin to heal than to just stay in dysfunction. Yeah. Okay. Assuming that they decide that this is the relationship that they want to fight for, one of the biggest things they're going to have to be able to do is truly let go. And this is something that I think a lot of people can't do. So when you start doing the spring cleaning and it kicks up all this dust and you're you're really talking about it, you're really addressing it. And so it's like you're raw, you're vulnerable, you're reliving some of the like hurts and frustrations and all that and you have to bring them up and process through them. In that moment, if you don't let it go, the dust just comes right back down. So you like stirred it up, but it it just lays back down. Mm. It's not actually being removed. Mm. And I find that a lot of people, they can't let go. Like they so feel a sense of justice that this person has wronged me. And unless they atone for their wronging, unless they are punished in some way for what they have done, I can never move forward. Let me tell you, that's not going to work. So if your significant other needs to be punished in some way, and this is like where infidelity gets so tricky because you, you immediately break up unless you can actually let it go. And I heard this story and, and it was like meant as a joke, but it was so heartbreaking to me. And they were saying, um, my grandmother has Alzheimer's, but she still goes after my grandfather for the time that he cheated on her 60 years ago. And they're like, she has no memory, but she remembers that. Like, fuck, what, like, really think about that for a second. The, The person is losing their sense of identity. They don't remember their loved ones or who they are, but they know how much they're upset about this betrayal because they've gone over it and over it and over it so many times holding on to the sense of injustice and not being able to let it go that it is so hardwired that even though plaque is building up in their fucking brain and that if you put them in an fMRI scanner it would be nothing but literal holes of function yeah but they've placed that betrayal in so many different places that it's still fucking there as the brain erodes from the inside so many people live there mm. they just can't let shit go mm. That is heartbreaking for me for that person, not for anybody else. So number one, for them to move forward, they both have to be able to forgive and actually just let it entirely go. I think if you can't, like be honest with yourself, like don't beat yourself up about the fact that you can't let go of it. But if you can't, then I think that you would need to break up because if you truly can't, you're only it's, you're only going to hold on to it, and it will come out even if you don't mean to, right? It will come out in the little things you do. Sometimes it'll be like a snide comment when you're just tired, or sometimes they'll let you down and you'll start to think about it. So for their own sake, if you can't genuinely move on, then break up. And I remember when, and I've told this story before, but when the the worst, probably one of the worst times of my life, um, I, I said, to you, I turned around to you and I was like, I need you and you were traveling and you were going through something really tough as well. And it was like, I think probably the worst time of both of our lives. And you were about to travel and I was like, I need you to stay and I never ask you ever, right? Have I? ever asked you to no, not go on a trip. That's the one time this happened. Yeah. It was the one time I ever asked and I used the word important which is our code word. So we have a code word that means you have to drop everything and that was our code word and mm. I used the code word and everything. And you just looked at me and you said, but it's important for me to go. And this is fundamental to who I am as a human being. And so now we're at a place where we both said the word important. We both kind of need uh, needing something in that situation and I remember you saying that to me and, you know, obviously I was very upset. 
And I just remember thinking, this is one of those moments, Lisa, that you have to let go of because you can never hold it over his head that he didn't stay. And you need to understand why he didn't. And then being able to un, un, um, peel, peel it and see that, okay, I was actually, it wasn't about asking you to stay for me. It was about asking you to do something that wasn't um, fundamental to what you pride yourself on and that as a wife I couldn't ask you to do that so that was easy not easy but that allowed me to go okay I get why you have to go mm. I'm still upset and I have to be able to tell you that I'm upset and that right now it still stings but I also understand I can never hold this against you ever in my life and I never did like it doesn't even in repeating the story I don't have the emotion of the hurt that I did when it first happened right. but um, I don't think I give you enough credit for that like, you really haven't, A, held it against me, and B, like, you self-soothed. I didn't talk you through that. No, you like, didn't, yeah. I told you... And I think that was actually important, though, because if you self... If you talked me through it, I think I'd be holding to your words instead of really of coming to the conclusion by myself. Yeah? Yeah, that actually just hit totally. me. That's true. Doing the work myself and figuring out how to navigate, I think, actually helped set us up for success because now it's not just well he said right. it's like no lisa you know in your gut and in your heart that if you had asked him to stay and you put your quote-unquote foot down it's like asking you to be somebody that isn't you and right. how would i feel if you had asked that of me and if you had said even though you know this isn't who you are and this actually goes against your identity i still want you to do it i think that that would be hard for me to be like well, okay he doesn't actually then understand me right. because asking someone to do that i think is um yeah not understanding yeah Mm-hmm. Did we miss any major bits of that? Um, I think we got... God. I mean, and there's lots of tactics and tools that we've um, mentioned in the past that we can also keep talking about. But um, the writing your, the letter to yourself, oh, in fact, for the people who are watching for the first time and hearing that story, um, I read that, that letter to you once. And you said to me, um, this is the letter. I need you to read it to me when this happens again. And I remember I read it to you once and that was all it took. Mm. Um, same with we've got like these little coins um, that say love on them because sometimes it really is hard to break that emotional pattern that was such a good idea but having them on you if there was a way though I really did think that was a rad thing yeah if you want to finish explaining yeah so there were were these little like stones or coins or whatever and they had love engraved on um, in them And um, what I did is I gave one to you and then one to me. And I said, all right, in those moments where we're arguing and we both know that like, hey, we love each other, but we can't say the words. Like we can't say like, all right, let's like stop arguing. Like, because you're in that moment and the energy's there, but you know it, but you can't say it. You just pick up the coin and give it to the other person. You don't have to say anything. All it takes is that action. And in that action, we defined what that would mean. Okay, that means, I love you, right now we're going through something emotional, but we know that we love each other and let's remind each other of that. And so the coin, yeah, I actually really liked it. You're right, is that how do you carry it around with you everywhere, especially right. guys that have handbags. Um, <laughs> but, but it was a good strategy even just have around the house. It's a great strategy and it comes down to people's ability to make something sacred. Because what those love um, stones, I guess, were they relied on was that 
I knew if I gave it to you, you would instantly stop being mad no matter what. And if you gave it to me, I would instantly stop being mad. But if you give it to the person and they throw it and they're like, <laughs> I can't believe you're trying to like give that to me now when you've done X, Y, Z. It's like the whole point of the love token was to remind the other person that you love them, that they believe to the core of their being that you love them. And it, it was just another way to like Break state the shift. noise. Yeah, to mm. like break out of where you are like at a neurochemical mm. level and get into a new headspace. And we used a couple different things like that. Oh, another thing we did is the hands up. It's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. So um, we basically understand. Yeah, so <laughs> smiling when you're mad obviously is very difficult to do, mm. but forcing yourself to smile does something to the chemicals. Right. So we said one of us, whoever's in the least annoyed um, mind space, to be the one to like, basically when you turn around and you see the other person, now imagine you're mad. Mad as hell. Mad as hell. And you walk into the room and I'm still mad at him and I go, baby! It's hard to do to force yourself. And it's super vulnerable because if the other person's like, knock it the fuck off. Yeah, yeah. So you have to reciprocate. You may just make that deal beforehand. But it's really worked for us Mm. where I'll be pissed, we'll be in the middle of an argument and you'll walk in and you put your hands straight up in the air, you do the high pitch and you call me baby. And then I reciprocate, baby. It just shifts. Like you said, it breaks that conversation. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't address it. You have to address what you are arguing about. 100% 100% like going back to you the You don't have to address it necessarily right that right there, second. Exactly, right. But you but, have to address yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because going back to what you said earlier, you can't let the dust settle. But, as, but the first step is breaking that emotional tension right. and that stress between the two of you. And we found that doing that has really helped. So little things like that. Massively. Yeah. Um, this is from Tom. Wow. Nice. All right, Tom. I've been married one year to the love of my life, but our relationship has always had trust issues, mainly in that I don't trust her as she's lied to me and betrayed my trust both before we were married and whilst we've been married. But such is my love for her, our crazy chemistry, and that she is so convincing that she's going to change and do some, everything to make it work that I've stayed with her. At what point do I say enough is enough? I have a great career I want to focus on and my toxic relationship feels like it's holding me back and making me unhappy. But I love this girl very much and I do have some hope we can work it out. If it was just a relationship, I would have 100% walked away. If it... Sorry. If it was just a relationship, I would have 100% walked away. But because we're married now, should I be fighting harder for this? Well, so we're using words that are very alarming, um, betrayal, toxic. So these aren't little things like, oh, you know, I caught her in a white lie. Like there's times where she's trying to protect my feelings. And so she's not 100% honest. Like betrayal is a whole nother thing. And I will sum up my, that's not true. I'd be so cool to say that this really sums up my whole opinion on the subject, but Um, Don't trust what somebody says. Don't even trust what they do. But always, always trust a pattern. So the fact that she's done it multiple times, that is crazy distressing to me. So the question I have is, does she like plan to work on this? So I would immediately be going to a therapist. I think they need somebody on the outside I think they need accountability. I think they need ways for her to earn back her trust in ways that are incremental um, so that if we see that she's not on a path, 
to really earning that back and taking it seriously and all of that. And that somebody who isn't as blinded by um, love, which I actually hesitate to use that word because I think love in its most beautiful definition is reciprocal. Um, and if we're in a toxic relationship, mm -hmm. I personally would say that that then by definition is not real love. Um, but I don't want to demean what they have for each other. It just becomes my own definition thing. Um, so yeah, I'd be seeing a therapist, somebody who isn't blinded by emotion, who can be objective about whether she's really making the steps to earn that trust back or not. Um, and yeah, so I'm deeply concerned. Yeah. Toxic betrayal. Yeah, and there's two things as well, because I do believe absolutely in couples therapy and um, things like that, but also there's two things. One is she keeps doing it, and it's more than just the act of cheating. There's something going well, on. I didn't say cheat. I said betrayed. Um, so trust. You definitely didn't say the word trust. cheat. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. I so read it as she cheated on him. Huh. All right. Maybe not then. Um, okay, Maybe, so by the way, but he just didn't say betrayed, that. Betrayed, yeah. I, I mean, I guess betrayal to me. Right. But anyway. So, um, well, why does she keep betraying him? Right, I think she needs to work on something because there's a reason, right? That oh, yes. she keeps doing it. Is it insecurity with herself? And so she wants to hold the power. I'm not sure. But I think that absolutely needs to be addressed. So I would ask her, is she willing to do the work within herself? She's going to say yes. Okay. So Especially think, somebody that maybe we can't trust. Okay, that's fair. So what does that work look like? Like, I would actually refine it. What does that work look like? Okay, you're going to work. Does that mean you're actually going to go to therapy? Yes, okay. I, I want it bad enough. I'm going to go to therapy. Okay, well, I, if we're going to make this work, I want you to commit to six months of therapy once a week. That's going to show me that you really care. Do we have an agreement? Like, putting things like this is like, look, I just need to know that you are committed. And so I think that these are the things that need to be done. And if she's willing to do it, then it shows. She's never going to improve overnight, right? It's clearly issues she'll have to work through. But is she willing to do the work? And that's kind of like, you'll see, right? Does she go to therapy? Does she not? Does she start to implement um, strategies and tactics with him or in that relationship to show that she is making an effort? Um, and then the other thing I would address is like the flip side with him. It's like, why does he feel like he's not worthy to have someone, not, uh, to be in a relationship with someone, with someone he can trust? Like, why does he feel like he needs to keep going back and that he's not worthy of someone that doesn't do that to him? Because I think that that's probably a self-esteem issue as well. Because she clearly had done that before he got married or before they got married. So, um, and he still pushed through it and still wanted to make it work. So I think that those two need to, they need to address their in individual issues as well as coming together. But yeah, one big thing would be like, all right, well, if you really are sorry, that means like, I want you to read these books. Like these books are on betrayal and emotions, okay? You know, it's interesting. It's the second time you said something along those lines and I, I take exception. So I think oh, it is lines? along the lines of this is what you have to do to show me that you're serious. Oh, yeah, I would. And I think that what really has to be done is 
something else you said, which is we have to identify why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. So the point of going to therapy is not to show me that you're sincere because you could roll up and bullshit and wear your mask and do all the things that you're doing now, which is, like you said, she's very convincing that Mm -hmm. she's going to change, but then she doesn't. So I'm not even interested in the just like going through the motions. My thing would be we actually need to identify what's driving either your lack of respect for yourself, your lack of respect for me, or, you know, your pathological need to lie. Like, I don't know where that lies, but it's like, there is something driving this. Mm -hmm. And actually figuring out what's driving it and processing through is the only thing that would be of interest to me. But how do you do that? Yeah, you do it. I'm just saying, that's why like, like, reading the books is bullshit. I think really? it, it, would, it would entirely be like, my thing isn't read. My thing is implement. Sure. So like what I'm trying to get to is they will lose years of their life saying, Hey, read these books. And I know but you're sincere. I, I'm hey, saying it, it to, needs to go hand in hand. It can't just be one thing, but you're saying even that. No, I mean, if so you're like going to therapy and like actually write down, because what a lot of people do right now is, for instance, I think that she may actually mean, like in those moments, like, no, I'm gonna work on it, I love you, I wanna get better. Like in those moments of despair, she feels like she's about to lose him, like she really believes it. And then habit takes over and you slip into the bad habit. Here's, like, I love your generous framing. But I think... if you actually put things in place, you need to read books, you're gonna go to therapy. Like, yeah, I and don't, do I, you I think it's, do it's, it really is a step shy and to focus on reading the book or going to therapy is to miss what this actually needs, which is, and I get it, what I'm saying is a lot harder to check off on a box and say, you did it and now I trust you. And that's part of why it started to, when you said it, I was like, mm, like it wouldn't, that wouldn't earn my trust back. Her going to therapy wouldn't earn my trust back. Okay. Her reading a book wouldn't earn my trust back. Me seeing in therapy that she is for real trying to figure out what's driving this and process through and get to some raw places and really begin to do the hard work mm-hmm. of like going through whatever emotional thing is driving this. And I think that a lot of times people are so terrified to do that work, to look at what is driving that inside themselves that they're even convincing themselves that they're going to change. And it's like, no, you have a pattern of behavior and until you address the underlying cause, this pattern of behavior is going to continue regardless of what your like deep desire to fix it is. And I've just seen way too many people in my life go decades and decades and decades without addressing like the underlying cause. So they keep suffering through like they're, they're creating their own suffering. Let there be no mistake about it. But it's like, they just keep going, keep going, keep going. And the way that they always sucker me back into helping them is they're like, but I want to change, you know, give me the tools. But it's like, that's not true. I need to see you do the fucking work. Okay, so work. how do you actually then judge that? There's, there's no, like, there is no checkbox I can give you. There is only, I'm sitting across from you in therapy, and I see you putting in the work, or you're going to therapy without me, and when you come back, I can see you're changing as a human being so at a deep and fundamental level. Yeah. That's it. Like, But I, I'm saying, so I actually agree with you 100%, you need to see the results, but it's also to start to see the results, you have to implement something. You want to give them the steps, and I think that's very not, fair. Yeah. I just, they have got this, to, like, yes. they're going to go to a place that's deep and uncomfortable. Yes. And 
Like that's all we need to be yeah. talking about. Like there we as in the we're there. Parts. Yeah, yep. I'm just saying check boxes that we're past that. But I don't even think they're going to therapy, so. They're not for sure, right. well, so almost one. certainly. Yeah. So I'm just saying it has to, there has to be actual things because you can't check a box on the results. Okay, what's the strategy to try and develop the results? And so to me, it needs to be actionable. Like not just like, okay, I'm going to get better and look, you'll see the results. Okay, but uh, What like, are we arguing over? Uh, we're not really arguing over anything. So I'm just saying it's not going to be enough to tell them to <laughs> read a book and go I, to therapy. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And I was saying that was part one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, now on to the would you rather. Word. Let's do it. All right, would you rather never trust your partner again or never forgive your partner again? Oh, Jesus. Would you rather never trust That's your partner so horrible. again? That's so horrible. They're both, they're both deep, I know. deeply they, they dysfunctional. They almost feel like they're the same thing. They're both equally horrible. They're terrible. Go on. You're a bad person for asking <laughs> that question, though, by Michelle. I'd just like to say that. Um, wow, those are horrendous. Yeah. God. I think this is like secretly her way of getting us back. Um, Michelle just like gives us questions forgive, at Never forgive, I guess, because that's somehow uh, a little better. Like if I trusted you, but there was this thing that you did that I was just having a hard time letting go of, that's better than being in a relationship where I'm constantly on edge. Yeah. But right, I'm going to go with that. Either one is just bloody difficult. So yeah, never forgive. Horrid. All right. Would you rather constantly fight about irrele um, irrelevant issues or have the same fight over and over with no resolution? Constantly fight about irrelevant issues because I couldn't just keep treading water. It's interesting. I think I'd go with the other one. Really? Yeah, and I think we I did for a long time I with... so frustrated. Yes, but like take cleaning, for instance. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those where we have a misalignment of values. Now, it thankfully is over something that is very easy to navigate around, but that is, at least I get why you have a value of that. It is very different than mine and I find that frustrating, but I don't think you're crazy. It's like, yeah, I see from your perspective why that's meaningful. Whereas if we were arguing over dumb shit all the time, I'd but be like, But if it was Whoa. irrelevant, I could just be like, ah, oh, God, yeah, it's fine. It but we're arguing about yeah, it. Yeah, but I think I could emotionally like not get attached to it. Whereas if it was the same thing and it would, like, I would just start to feel frustrated, like, especially because it would mean I wasn't able to communicate with you. I think that's why. Because if it was the same thing and we're just trying to solve it, because our marriage is never going to be 100% perfect and we've evolved. <laughs> Newsflash. Um, you know, we've evolved. And so, but that's not to say we're never going to have problems again. Of course we are. So it's about how do we take that problem? How do we work on it? How do we grow as people? And then how do we move on? If I don't have that, I think it would be uh, like very um, damaging in my belief of what we could get through. Respect. Um, all right. Would you rather break your partner's trust or have your partner break yours? Um, I'd, I'd much rather, rather you break, you break mine. mine yeah. yeah, I couldn't think about hurting you like that. Well, also, I don't want to do something that damages my own Identity, view of myself. Exactly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like if you did it, I'd give you the grace to like rebuild, but like I wouldn't want to have to go through that really gross feeling of I'm not who I thought I was. Yeah. That's the same with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Would you rather overcome trust issues with your partner or never have them to begin with overcome? Wait, I can have the option where I never have a trust issue? That you never have trust. Never that's, have trust well, or trust issue? Well, that's how I read issue. it. Would you rather overcome trust issues with your partner or never have 
trust to begin with. I added that word in. <laughs> um, well, that is much easier. I'd rather overcome yeah. than not have trust. But I'd rather never have issues than to have to overcome them. Yeah. The reason why like, I personally just love um, these would you rathers is it really does um, express the like, where your framing is in um, certain positioning of things. Mm. No, and then sometimes we're surprised that we're opposite, mm. which actually is another thing. Um, and speaking of that, then people yeah. can actually also download the Relationship Theory Revelations nice. if they go to impacttheory.com. Um, These are, I forget how many questions, but they're a whole host of questions yeah. that are fun to ask. And then they go, they're on a scale from sort of fun and playful to... All right, everybody, be careful because these answers are going to solicit some shit that you might not be ready for. Yeah. Um, but they are amazing. And one of the cornerstones of our relationship is whenever we have time together, we're asking questions. So much so that before like vacations and stuff, I will write sometimes 60, 70 questions to ask over the course of the vacation. Mm. And it's just a really fun way to like, get into weird topics and see where the other person is and you know really talk about like what they think but some of the questions are rad shit like what did i used to do for you that i don't do anymore that you wish i did yeah. or what do i do that you wish i didn't um just some really or what are the cool... traits you thought you'd have in a lifelong partner that mm. i don't have yeah buddy i love that question it's it. so hard to answer yeah, but you've amazing. got to do it with your defenses down with each other right. right you have to like when we go into this we're like we really 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 do want to improve our relationship right. so if we want to improve our relationship we have to work on it we have yeah. to work on it we have to hear the hard truth and just say yeah. that doesn't mean i'm a bad person but it means that you know okay this is something that maybe i have to work on and like my whole thing is secretly, don't you want to know? Because you're malleable, you can change. So now it's like, hey, it may be something that you're not interested, it doesn't speak to you as a person, it's not something you want to be. And then you're like, whoa, that's really interesting. I totally get why you'd want that. Or maybe you don't get why they want it. But it's like, that's actually not something that I would value in myself. Yeah. And then you can have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But at least you know. Yeah. And then there are times where it's like, oh my God, you want that? Like, that sounds amazing. Like, now I have the incentive to go work on that or to do that. Because a lot of times it's like not some deep character trait. No, it's, it's like not. a behavior. Yeah. So, and it can be very easy and you can address it. And you're like, wow, like that just unlocked, you know, X, Y, Z. And we really do want to be the partner that that each other want right. without obviously we have like our lines of this is our identity and this is yeah. who we are but like i really do want to be the best wife possible right. um without giving up my identity and so like if you tell me something and it's absolutely in my power to do then it's like hell yeah i'm gonna do mm. it so there it is guys get that relationship resolution revelations revelation there we go the relationship revelations questionnaire wow that's not easy for me to say for some reason. Uh, you can download that at impacttheory.com. Hopefully it will bring you guys as much joy and insight as it, as it has brought us over the years. Uh, and we also um, follow you at Tom Billu and follow me at Lisa Billu if you want to. A lot of the stuff we do on IG stories is kind of following us behind the scenes day to day. Um, get after that too. Indeed. And if you're not already subscribed, click that subscribe button. There it is. And if you're listening on the podcast, if you would go give us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice, 
that would help. We're really trying to get into the top 100, so that would be amazing. Yeah, and we really, really want to know, um, hear from you guys on what um, topics you want us to touch on. So if you do have questions or topics or suggestions or other couples you want us to have on the show, please do email connect at impacttheory.com. That's connect at impacttheory.com. Um, so we can, uh, yeah, get your advice. All right. And, and if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Be legendary. Take care. What was the thing that I said? Be le- uh, we should what? all be legendary. What was that? Be legendary together. Together.